We've talked a lot about leveling up in Pivot Me. We've even mentioned the importance of leveling up your peer group while you're doing this. This is critical to getting to that next level of success, but not in the way that most people think. We're going to dive into that. Today, I'm going to give you the exact steps on how to do that, how to level up your peer group. We will talk about what a designed peer group is, why it's so important to goal setting, and how it might be the most important decision you make in your life when it comes to achieving your goals. I will teach you who you need in that peer group about the future friends list and how to make yours, and even how to find the people you need to have in that peer group. But here's the thing. Here's here's my ask to you. This is the preview of a book I'm writing on this topic. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, and I'm happy to answer questions as well. So send us your thoughts, send us your questions at info at pivot-me.com. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real, simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Steve Harvey once said, if nine of your friends are broke, you will be the 10th. Well, if that's true, can we assume the reverse is true too? that if nine of your friends are wealthy, you will be the 10th? The fact of the matter is our moms were right. We are the people we spend our time with. Hanging out with the wrong kids will negatively affect us. Damn mom, I should have listened. But again, the reverse is true. Hanging out with the right kids makes all the difference. And this wasn't just true as a teenager. It's very true as an adult. Most of us put little time into considering who we spend our time with. We even discount the importance of time with people that that we're sort of forced to spend time with, like coworkers, family, neighbors, and we forget that those people still greatly impact us. You see, we don't get to walk through the pool without getting wet. Our environments and the people in our environments affect us heavily. And I'm not just talking about negativity. Yes, having a negative Nelly in your life can wreak havoc, but it's about something so much more than that. So first, let's start with who we spend most of our time with. Most people spend the majority of their time with their default peer group. Your default peer group are the people that you have in your life by default. These are people who you work with, live next to your kids, play with their kids. They may be a college buddy, family members, but they aren't people you intentionally put in your peer group. These aren't necessarily bad people or limiting relationships, but we just haven't put the thought or intention into having them in our lives. They are by default. Now, this is very different than what I call the designed peer group, the DPG. They are people who you are intentionally putting into your life. These are people that are calling you forth and calling you out, elevating you. You aren't just commiserating with them, which unfortunately, many of our relationships are like that. You are pushing ahead with them. A designed peer group can be filled with people that have been successful 
at the thing you want to do next. Now, why is that part important? So it normalizes. So when we have those kind of people in our peer group, it normalizes success in the thing you are pursuing. They may, they may have already achieved your, your big, hairy, audacious goals, your BHAGs, and that makes it feel normal to you, achievable. And this is everything. Suddenly our goals, whatever we're about to do, the way we want to live our lives, it, it doesn't sound so over the top when we know someone else, when we have someone in our peer group that has already done that thing. You can't say doing 75 hard challenges, too hard if you have young kids, if you go to lunch every Tuesday with another parent who has done it. I have a friend, MJ, that travels around the world with her husband and kids and has made this amazing business from it. I can't say that that's impossible or off the table for someone like me because I'm watching someone walk that out in my peer group. So first, your design peer group normalizes success in the thing you want to do. But here is the flip side of that. Getting close to those people, the people that have had that that achievement already under the belt, having a relationship with them makes you realize they aren't metahuman. You get the opportunity to see their messy backstory. And this is important to see that the people that are achieving at a high level are more similar to you than you think. And getting to know them, you'll start to see that these people who have achieved that success, they're they're more like a two-dimensional figure instead of just this one-dimensional. They're no longer just this this figure. So when we see someone on stage say they're presenting on high-performance habits, we start to think they are crushing it at life, that they've got it all together. Well, no, they probably just have that one piece together. That person on stage doesn't feel really human to us. They are this sort of figure. They're one-dimensional. But if you become friends with them, you get to know them, get close to them, you see their struggles. You see their humanness. And that is important, not because it brings that other person down. It reminds us of their humanness. And we realize, oh, I've got the same challenges that person has. It makes them real. And the problem is usually we we play the comparison game, right? So we we compare we compare that speaker, we compare that figure, um, their shining moment, their trophy moment, and we take that and we compare it to our lowest moment. So we elevate them while simultaneously putting us down. Now, if you've become friends with these people, then it looks a little different. Then you realize, well, that's the that's that one aspect they're really good at. But they, being human, have other aspects they're maybe not so good at. As you get to know these design peer group, you realize, hey, they're married too, which probably means their wife thinks they load the dishwasher wrong. Hey, he's also got kids, which means that they're not always Instagram perfect. That cherub toddler of theirs probably also needed to be dragged out of the Olive Garden at some point too. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself. 
and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. A common saying, um, you know, that people talk about all the time is never meet your heroes, perhaps, or just realize your heroes are flawed humans too, with the toddler that needs to be drug out of the Olive Garden, and the thing that you admire about them, their basketball skills, their business acumen, whatever it is, is the thing that they are celebrated for, but they've got other areas of their life that are in massive disrepair, just like the rest of us. And then when we see our heroes fall or fail, you know, so many people are surprised. They're like, wait, no, I can't believe this happened. Well, I'm not. They're humans, good at some things and shitty at others, just like the rest of us. The really big ones, the really you know, big celebrities, they've just gotten better at hiding what they're shitty about, or maybe they just outsourced it. I'm not saying this to bring down our heroes. I'm not saying this to bring down the speakers that we see on stage or the best-selling authors that we love reading their books. I'm just pointing out they too are human, which doesn't give you a pass not to do the same thing they do because you got a messy backstory. So do they. But recognizing their relatedness, then it's no longer this like elusive club you can't be a part of. When we see a speaker on stage, they feel like this figure, this metahuman. However, when I'm in the back room talking to that speaker, I learn that he's drinking this really large cup of coffee because he has a hard time sleeping when he's on the road. He slept terrible last night. I recognize when he steps out of the room at 9 a.m., it's because his kids are headed off to school and he wants to FaceTime them real quick, just like us. He becomes human. Unfortunately, the audience never saw that part. I've stepped out to do the same thing with my kids because I'm like them, messy. You know, quick side note, funny thing. So when you're a speaker, when you do keynotes and stuff, um, and if you do speaker training to be like a world-class speaker, so you get up on stage and you recognize this expert and you're saying all these amazing things. But what's funny is part of, you know, if you're an amazing keynote speaker, you usually lead your speeches with a self-deprecating story. So a story about yourself where you're, you stumbled, you screwed up, makes you look bad. You take, you know, shots at your own success or you tell some story that you've you know, you sucked at. And the speaker does that to make them relatable. So everything about the speech up until that point has has made them unrelatable. They're an expert. They're on a pedestal. But then the way for them to connect to the audience is to do this self-deprecating backstory. So I guess what I'm saying is just know that everybody's got a self-deprecating backstory. So, okay. So I think we've clearly established these high performers or these people that we maybe look up to that are super successful, whatever it is on your goal list, that they are just people like us. Great. And we've established that, yeah, it'd be good to spend some time with these people. All right. The next question that follows when we're talking about designing your peer group, what do I do with my current peer group or my default peer group? So let's just be clear about this. This part makes people nervous. You do not need to pink slip your current friends. Just because we're talking about incorporating future friends, I call it the future friends list, you don't need to break up with your old friends. We're just bringing in some fresh talent to keep you moving forward. This is especially true if you spend a lot of time with maybe some negative coworkers or someone you need to be around. I'm not saying, well, you can't ever go to lunch with with your cube mate. I'm just saying we need to like feather in other influences to lessen there's. Think of it as like an energy. You need to counterbalance with some other people. So now here's the other question I get. How is this different than just having supportive friends? Sometimes when I'm telling people about the design peer group, they jump in and go, whoa, 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 I've got the best peer group. They are so supportive. And let's be clear, that is freaking wonderful. There's lots of people out there that do not have that. But having cheerleaders is not the same as having people that will pull you up and push you forward. We need both in our lives. So now, 
who should we bring into this design peer group? They are people who have achieved in body represent where you are headed, not where you've been. This works best if you've actually done the work to like imagine your future. You should have your my three why that I, I work on. Um, you should have this this clear vision of where you're going, even just three years out, maybe not 10 years, but 10 years is kind of hard and hard, hard to imagine. But three years out, you should know where you're headed and then have people in your life that represent where you're headed in three years. So if in three years I want to have written a book, make sure that my design peer group has authors in it. One of the amazing women in my mastermind is working hard to move up to C-suite in her large organization. This is no small feat. When we did this exercise, when we walked through the design peer group, she realized she had very little C-suite in her peer group. She had this great peer group, amazing people, but they didn't necessarily represent one of the biggest goals in her three-year vision. And what happens when she like feathers in other C-suites into that peer group? Well, it normalizes success in her biggest goal. It doesn't feel so unattainable anymore. And to be clear, your design peer group does not need to be all career and business focused. It's simply focused on the version of you three years out. Someone I work with wanted to be a far more involved dad despite the demands in his business. But not one of his male colleagues represented the life that he wanted. They all thought that being in the office long hours was simply the cost of success. They were paying the price of admission. Bullshit. So he went out and found a men's group for fathers that were super present in the lives of their children. Now he spends time with them and he normalizes success in the camping trips and making it to the recitals and things like that. But he had to go out and find those people. Just to be clear, it's not always easy to find these people. You absolutely can, but you've got to look for them. This is one of the reasons why the Pivot Me Masterminds have been so very successful. People will come for expertise and skill set. Absolutely. But really, they want to be in a peer group of people that are designing their life, that they're not happy with status quo, that they're not, they're not satisfied with just taking what has been handed to them. They want to create something more than that. And so meeting with people every week, every other week has normalized success in the things that they want to do. It's one of the greatest things about the masterminds. So for you, dear pivoter, as you are thinking about what you want in three years, are there people in your life now that represent those things. So first do the exercise of thinking what you want in, in three years. And that's business, that's health, that might be relationships, marriage, all of those things. I don't want you to always be trailblazing on your own. This has been a mistake I've made numerous times going at it alone and not having someone that represents the thing that I want more. And trust me, I've done this wrong so, so many times. When I wanted to write a, um, a travel memoir in my 20s, I didn't know anybody who had written a book. It was so much harder than it needed to be because of that. I would just go to these writing retreats and hope to possibly speak to the, the presenting author afterwards for 30 seconds just to get a moment of that insight, that expertise. That wasn't the way to do that. Like, I, I should have I pursued authors more aggressively. Even recently, when I first started this podcast, I didn't know a single other podcaster, not one. I came from the corporate space and having a podcast was not really a thing there. So I went at it alone. What an idiot. This was made so much harder because I did it that way. Luckily, I then connected with Ben Williams of Rockwood Audio, who does audio and strategy for Pivot Me. Life got so much easier. We love you, Ben. But 
I should have done that at the beginning. I should have found another podcaster at the beginning. So find someone who has done the thing you are about to pursue and buddy up to them. The people that you are going to pursue, you are going to reach out to them. You're going to connect with them. You're going to proposition them. I call this your future friends list. I have an AFF list, April's future friends. Though my client, Bethany, she totally wins at this game because hers are BFFs list. So that's the plus of having your name start with a B. Try to find a future friend for each of the things that you want to achieve in your future. Write a book. Check. Run a marathon. Check. See 100 countries. Check. Be a fun, loving, silly parent. Check. It doesn't matter what it is. One of my clients said she wants more adventurous people, that she's always the most adventurous one in her group. And so she realized that she needed to find more adventurous friends. It can be whatever you want in your three years, but you should have people that represent that. And here is the real real tactical part. You know, I don't like to talk in the theoretical. I like to put it into like actionable steps that you can do right after we are done talking together. When you are making your future friends list, so you can design your peer group first, think of the role, not the person. So don't try to think of names. Think of roles or achievements. So for example, don't go Steve, Joe, Sarah, Lynn, like don't think through names of people that you know or scroll through your text change just yet. So instead go, who is someone that has written a book? Who is someone that is a parent but also runs marathons? Recently, I thought of, I asked myself, who's a woman who's climbed Everest? I can only think of one woman and she's coming on the show soon. So think of the role or the achievement before you try to think of the name. It's just a way to sort of hack your brain to give you better results. So once you define the role that they've played, then you'll start looking for them. Now, I've already poured over a lot of great content in this first episode, which is why we're going to recap here and then continue next week because you got some homework to do. So the second part is going to be um, on design peer group, how you actually connect with those people, even the high profile ones. But let's, let's recap. I want you to feel totally teed up for this exercise. So let's recap. We are who we surround ourselves with. That's true of happiness, income, health, all of it. This has been studied well. We didn't talk about that part, but there is so much to prove that this unfortunately is true. But knowing that is true means that you can make it work for you. If you want to level up, you got to bring in fresh talent. Number two, your default peer group is in your life by default. You didn't necessarily choose them to be in your life. Number three, a designed peer group you've intentionally put into your life. They normalize success in your future goals and humanize those who have already achieved those goals. Number four, to determine which friends you should seek out, your future friends list, look at your goals three years from now and create a list of future friends who represent where you are going not just where you've been. Next week, we will cover who should be in your design peer group. And I'm going to give you a bonus. If who you'd like to be on your future friends list is maybe high profile, maybe a little famous, I'm going to give you steps to meet them and add value to them too. I'm also going to help you understand networking a little bit more and how to network up the ladder to get in the room with these change makers. You don't want to miss out on this next one. So if you haven't already, by the way, pop over. I think we talked about this already, but here we go again. If you haven't already, pop over to the YouTube, to the YouTube. I think I just aged myself by 20 years. I did just have a birthday, by the way. If you haven't already, pop over to YouTube and check out April Garcia's Pivot Me. We have put up the videos so you can watch them. You are going to love them. So pop over to YouTube and check out April Garcia's Pivot Me. And I will see you next week. 
Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.